and we know them as social media beans. But I was like, we don't really know anything about who Sam really is. That was Jeff Conway, a Forbes contributor with a focus in the entertainment business section. He's a seasoned journalist in Chicago that has been doing this for over a decade. He's been Emmy-nominated, and he's interviewed such A-listers as Kevin Hart, Reese Witherspoon, Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Hudson, Amy Schumer, and more. I was able to talk to Jeff about his recent article and his interview with Sam Ashgari, who many know as the man in Britney Spears' Instagram videos, or as the rest of us know, Britney Spears' boyfriend, Sam Ashgari, who, through this article, was able to cement who he is as an individual. I was fortunate enough to interview Jeff Conway. For those first-time listeners, welcome. This podcast was created as a love letter to all things pop and Britney Spears. What I do is I use Britney Spears' connector and learn all about the people behind the scenes that help create the legacy of the Princess of Pop. So I'm going to get right to the point. Thank you so much. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the Original Doll Podcast. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you want to stay and then follow me? Don't you want to aim for the stars you see? Don't you want my iconography? What happens is when I have a guest on, whenever anyone answers questions, we get items donated on their behalf for the charity. Oh, fun. So every question that you answer, we get items. And so what we're doing now specifically with you is we work with domestic abuse shelters. We work with runaway teens and everything. And we're going to be giving them pencils, paper, things to write with, things if they want to be a reporter, if they want to be a writer, because they don't have access to those resources. So just by being here, you're helping other people going through kind of crappy times. Oh, it's good to hear. Happy to help. Exactly. So thank you so much. So Jeff, thank you so much for coming to the Original Doll Podcast. We truly appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Jimmy. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to talk to you. You've been uh, you've been making the rounds, especially with fans of Britney Spears lately because of this interview. And so uh, let's, let's rewind because I think most of the listeners will know already your name. So they'll know we're talking about the Forbes Sam Ashgari interview. Why don't you talk to a little bit about how this came to be with, of course, the things you can say, like, how does this work when you work with, first of all, a more protective celebrity, uh, somebody who's not used to making the rounds? Yeah. Um, so when it came to Sam, I was seeing so much. I watched the uh, New York Times documentary on Hulu on Britney, and that just like wowed me when I watched it. Um, and I felt like there was a story that needed to be told. I know that she's not really obviously sharing that stuff and a lot of things are in court, so it needs to be private. And as myself as a journalist, I mean, I can't speak for all journalists. Some journalists for certain publications are a little bit more, I'm not gonna use bad words, but just a little bit more not me, would go after the aggressive, dirty nature of media. Um, That wasn't my objective when I came out trying to get Sam. For Sam is we've seen him on her Instagram, on his Instagram with her, and we know them as social media beans, but I was like, we don't really know anything about who Sam really is. So what I did is I actually just reached out on his Instagram. He actually has um, a message button and an email button. And I hit the email button and I emailed his reps and just said, hey, I'm Jeff Conway. I'm the Hollywood entertainment contributor, excuse me, at Forbes. And I would love to share his story, you know, talk about his life and his, his way of being. 
Um, and I got a call from his rep and his rep said, oh yeah, Sam's actually interested. We talked to him about this. He said he's interested. He says, the only thing is please, when we do this interview and like, it'll be like a phone interview, he said, no Britney talk and especially no free Britney talk. And as much as I wanted to, you know, human me wanted to completely ask those questions. I mean, mm -hmm. if I had this moment, how do I not do that? Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to respect the get that I got and the respect of my position at Forbes. And so I went in with questions that phrase things respectfully to Sam. I had questions that would make him bring her up if he wanted to. So I was strategic in the way I asked certain questions. So I asked like a question to him during our phone interview. It was like a 30 minute phone interview. It was pretty awesome. It was like 30 minutes with Sam was amazing. Um, and one of the questions I had was, you know, how do you balance on your social media, your work look and your personal life? Cause you do post about your personal life. So that was my way of saying like, if you want to indirectly speak about Brittany, this is your chance to do so. And he actually did. He actually opened up and said, you know, you know, when you're proud about a relationship, you want to share it, but you also want to have privacy. You want to respect that privacy too. So he got good answers. And I asked him about, you know, your big break arguably in the business was the slumber party video in 2016 with Brittany. And when he's telling me about how he got that job, he said he didn't even want to do it because work from home he did with Fifth Harmony was right before that. He said he didn't want to become a music video actor. And so he's like, oh, I don't want to do another music video. But his friend was like, hey, the, the, the girl that's doing this, did he even say it was Britney? It's like, the person that's doing this video handpicked you from a bunch of photos. You should come. And, you know, the rest is history. They met and now they're dating. And, you know, it's been years now. Um, so he brought up, he used the words, my girlfriend now at the time picked my photo out. So he was cryptic, but hey, still giving me juice that the rep didn't want to give me. And it was still respectful and cool. Um, and then at the end, the big one that like Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, E! News, Page Six, et cetera, et cetera, they all shared was at the end of my interview, the last thing he said to me is, I asked him the question of where do you want to have priorities in life? You know, turning 27 now, you just turned. What's your priorities at this stage of your life? And he's like, I want to take my career in acting to the next level. I want to take my relationship to the next step. He says, I don't mind becoming a father. I want to be a young dad. So for me to get that kind of soundbite, I knew was going to have some gravity to mm -hmm. media, especially the Free Britney move and everything. Even though it's not even about Free Britney, yep. it's part of her world. And to have a guy that she's got, you know, as we see at least, supportively beside her to say these things makes me like, oh, you know, she's got a future ahead of her. You know, she has plans she's making, even if it's through him. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really cool. And I think that really hit home to a lot of the the Britney fandom or the fans, because if you've been a Britney forever, you know that Britney's always talked about being a mom. She loves being a mom. Being a mom is, you know, I think her most important role that she would even say that, that, that she has. And I yeah. think there's a group of people that want these celebrities, not just Britney, everyone else, to have really what they want. And Britney always, whether it was working with Nevada Children's Hospitals, working with fundraisers, you know, teaching dance to kids, like young children have always been a part of that. So I think that you being able to get that from, from him himself, from Sam himself, I think that that might have changed some people's thoughts because the whole thing is there's this entity and you wonder in this world, especially during this time, is there always gonna be somebody controlling a celebrity? Is there always somebody with malicious intent? Um, and I think that, I don't want to say Easter egg, but that, that bit of information really 
changed people's eyes because that's something that you don't just take lightly. The, I want to be, I want to be a young dad. It's, it's basically saying, yeah, I want this and I want this sooner rather than later. Absolutely. It would definitely. And so, and then really quick, I also, I also noticed really quick. I noticed it came out on, uh, I published it on a Saturday and I noticed I strategically share this on like Facebook groups for free Brittany. Like I, I joined groups respectfully. I joined groups that week. You know, some people did give me flack being like, hey, I see you just joined just to post your article. And I respect that they didn't want me there, but I had good intent to be there and to share this article with people that cared. I was trying to put these in these fan groups that wanted to see it. Um, but most people were very receptive of what I shared and the story I told within the article from his interview, because he talks about, you know, his American dream, leaving his sisters behind in Iran as a boy and not having any English knowing, you know, he really worked hard to become the man he is today. And I think people respect that, you know, respect his story and show that he didn't just like fall in Britney's lap and now everything's made. He worked hard to be the man he is today. And I think a lot of people saw a new side of the whole Britney universe, which is him, that they actually like now. They're like, I, I, I even screenshot a lot of comments that were like, you know, now knowing Sam, I feel like I know Britney even better. Some people were saying that to me, which was really cool to see. Well, and that's something where with with my my podcast, it's I've given the shine the light on the the songwriters, the producers, all these people that created the art because we'll never know fully Britney Spears's views on everything. You know, she's she's always been more private than not. And I think people didn't realize that. And I think what's great is when you can give insight to those that have had the personal connection with her, that have worked with her, because it's about Britney as a person, but also when you look at all these people that are, you know, her her former assistant fee, who's one of the most like loved people in this Britney lore, where you just go, all these people just seem like people that we as fans would get along with. And so when you're shining a light, it adds that. And I think it's always been a hard part because it's what is exploitation versus what is sharing somebody's story. There's always this weird thin line, but I think with Sam talking about being, you know, this, this immigrant, I think it changed people's views that are like, oh yeah, that's, he's not just some Beverly Hills kid that just showed up. You know, he talked before about struggling with weight. He talked about how fitness is important. And I think that is a different side that it doesn't seem like this extreme opportunist, if you will, that is trying to do it. Like this young man has had to work being an immigrant in the U.S. the way it's been since, you know, whenever he arrived here. And the fact that he always mentions his sisters and the fact that he had to leave his sisters and the fact that it's all these other layers that make people's eyes open to things and go, wow, I might have misjudged him for no other reason than I just didn't know anything. Because there are a lot of those people around celebrities that just have a habit of nefariously coming in and out, no matter if it's Britney, whoever, these entities that come in and then they leave and you're like, who is that? Yeah. So do you feel that there was, you've talked to a a huge amount of A-listers before and I can can list those like right now, just a small fraction of them, but we're talking like huge celebrities. Was this conversation with Sam, was it any different than any other, you know, let's say the John Travolta's or Reese Witherspoon's or things like that? Or was it done the same way? Was it easier? How did that go? So for me, and I can't speak for other journalists, when I speak to these different quote unquote celebrities, these gods to a lot of people, 
um, I always speak to them in a very friendly, the way you and I are talking, you know, just like we're equals, I'm engaged, I'm interested, you know, I have that tone on me. And I think most prefer that, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I think maybe like people like a Kanye would actually prefer you treat them a little bit more special, but most people want to be spoken to like, Hey, tell me about why you chose to do that great movie of yours. You know, like I'm just, I sound interested. I'm intrigued. I'm not treating you like you're on a pedestal, you know, and most people actually like that. So for me, Sam was really no different. Um, he was very like, yeah, man and stuff. So I try to link with the mood and the way people are with me. Like I've interviewed, you might know Kristen Chenoweth. I've interviewed Kristen Chenoweth, who's amazing. Probably one of the best people I've ever interviewed. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> sweetest, nicest person I've ever probably met. Coolest person. Um, and she was super bouncy in front of me. She was grabbing my arm the whole time. And I went with it. My thing is you go with it. You know, I've interviewed Sam Worthington, who was uh, Jake oh, yeah. Sully in Avatar. He's very low key. He's more like a high house going. He's like a Joaquin Phoenix kind of guy. And so I knew not to be uppity uppity with him. I knew like to be more like, so tell me, why did you decide to do that role? You know, it's, you want to, I feel you want to match their emotion and their kind of their demeanor. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do with Sam. With Sam, I was more of like, he was going like, yeah, man. I was like, well, it's great, man. Glad to hear that. Congratulations on everything. You know, I didn't want to kind of, you know, stroke his ego a little bit because he's worked hard, you know, and also gets him more engaged because if it sounds like I have passion in what he's sharing with me, he'll continue to share. Well, and that's something I think people forget, you know, and I've learned with interviewing different people and on a different scale, I'm hundred percent zooming with people. You know what I mean? Like, so it's bizarre to not have that because there is something about that actual energy that you receive in person. Sure. And I feel like I've noticed with different artists or different songwriters is when you talk about the art, when you talk about their art, they're so invested in it that you connect and you can really get to them in a different level than just saying, hey, you had a good song, thanks. You know, and, and you also, I feel like you also have to believe it. Like there needs to be some genuine nature. Cause even if it's a Kanye West, there's still like, you can say, dang, this guy has, he is, no matter what people say, he's talented. We could talk about his personality separate of that, but the sure. talent is there. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is being able to have that open conversation where you're kind of vibing off of each other. And I tell people, it's just like improvise. You don't know where it's going to go. And if it's too stuck in, here's the five questions, here's the 10 questions, you're as bored as I am. <laughs> yeah. It feels like robotic. Yeah. yeah. And it's just question and answer. But if you're just engaging and maybe even following up from things that's not even in your questions from what they said, Sometimes the best follow-up questions from what you just heard from someone is the best answer or question or response that you're going to get throughout the whole interview. And thank goodness you were listening. You know, some people are just so gung-ho about, oh God, next question. Okay, here we go. So I'm not even going to listen. And then they play back their audio later to listen to their interview. And they're like, oh man, had I actually been living in the moment, I would have been like, oh, he said that? I would have totally followed up with asking this, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's that's an important part of it where it's the, the listening and speaking at the same time and just having a genuine conversation because I feel like that relaxes people because like I don't go into there are other places that can go into the gossipy aspect do whatever they need to do do it that's that's not that's not the brand that I have where it's just these are human beings telling their human being stories that are just magnified that's it and we as human beings are the ones that are magnifying you know these these people yeah. um but so how do you deal with a a celebrity that is just not giving you anything to work with. Cause I've had people that I've not 
put up interviews with some bigger songwriters that it just, I could not, there was nothing that I could do to, to make them want to feel like they want to talk. I was just like, you know, it's just not working. At some point, sometimes you're just, you got, you got, you're beating a dead horse, you know? So you just, that's all you're doing. But I've had ones where like uh, John C. Riley, he's in Step Brothers. He was in Chicago, Mr. Cellophane. Um, I interviewed him and I've loved him forever. Like he's from Chicago originally, Brother Rice, he went to school and he was in town for a, pretty much like a Columbine-esque film where he plays the father of like a Columbine student. Oh, we he need to talk him. about Kevin? We need to talk about Kevin and he plays the father. And so I was interviewing him on a red carpet. And the first thing I said to him, and I was like a little bit of a younger journalist at the time. So I was just like, oh my God, I got to tell you, you are like the funniest guy I know. You're so funny. And I was hoping that he was going to get like a, like a good bounce. Be like, oh, thanks, man. That's so funny that you said that. And he was completely opposite. He goes, ah, I'm actually going to disappoint you because, you know, this movie is really a downer. And so I went with that. I was like, yeah, yeah. So it's a drama. So why did you decide to do a drama when you're used to comedies? So like, I kind of bounced with it. But then he started, he still tried to push me. Like I would ask him a question of, you know, you're from Chicago. What's your favorite memory of Chicago? And he was like, uh, you know, I have a lot of great memories. You know, if I asked you, what's your favorite memory of Chicago? And he's asking that to me. Yep. And my boss has, doesn't care what I, my answer is. That's not why we're here. So my thing is I go, I go to the camera, I turn to the camera. I'm like, well, now my favorite memory now is me and John C. Riley. And he goes, oh, good one. So, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to bounce and roll with it. And sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it doesn't. And then by the end, he was super cool with me. So I just kind of, I had to warm him up a little bit. Um, some people just are doing these interviews with celebrity stuff, especially like press junkets, which is where people just come and do it in like droves. It's part of their job. So they don't, some of them are like, you know what? I'm just an actor. I have to do this, unfortunately. So I'm going to give you my least amount of attention. And you got to find ways to kind of perk them up. That's just, it's, it, it's, it takes attempts. It takes skill. Um, and it's not a guarantee for any of us, not even for myself sometimes. So with you working with Forbes, because I think that's the thing. It's like you bring that entertainment, those interviews, but it's also the business end of it, the commerce end of Hollywood. And so when you do that, when you when you talk to these these individuals, these these celebrities, actors, you know, performers, do you ever get a feeling like this role, this thing was, this was a paycheck for them. Like they're doing this because it's an obligation where you're, that's part of why sometimes you're not getting the vibe where you're like, well, I just saw the movie and I'm trying to make it work with <laughs> the lighting. I like the lighting in this movie. Like, yeah. how do you deal with that? Knowing that there's a lot of money on the line with these celebrities. How do you circumvent that where if the performer just is like, I'm over talking about this movie because I don't want to remember that I was in Leprechaun 12, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. You got to find ways to switch gears and say, like, say you're going to be doing an interview with, so like even like, say I could speak about Brittany, you know, with Sam, I wouldn't have started at the beginning. I think for any kind of journalist or anybody that's trying to do any kind of interviews, um, don't start with the ones that are going to be potentially controversial, put that later, warm them up with the ones that get them excited are interesting about them. It's all about them, them, them. And then when they seem like they're getting fun and comfortable with you, then you roll into it. I think the biggest mistake is sometimes people start with the jugular immediately. And then they're already, the interviewee is already turned off. So from there on out, you just have a sour interviewee with you the whole rest of the time. So I think there's strategy that you have to have within your line of question and how you're gonna put which question where um, to do this effectively. And so then how do you then effectively do this where you are a fan of somebody 
and their work? Like, how do you separate the journalist, Jeff, from the fan, Jeff? How do you? So it's yeah. funny. I, I'll share with you. So tomorrow I'm publishing, I just thought of it this week or last week. Um, it's the 25th anniversary this year of the movie That Thing You Do. So, yeah. yeah, so I reached out to I reached out to all the guys, Jonathan, Ethan, Tom, and Zach, uh, Steve, oh, Zahn. Oh my goodness. And did phone interviews with all of them this week separately and asked them questions about, hey, what's your favorite memory? How has your life been changed or affected since? Um, and for all of them, I did say, because I've been a fan of that thing you do since I was 10 years old when it came out. And I told them, like, so in my interview, when I started, I'm like, hey guys, I got to tell you, the 10-year-old me loved this movie. The 34-year-old me is still obsessed with it. I love what you guys have made of this movie. So there's a line where you can, you should be that human, I think, as an interviewer. You, you know, be where it's, I say there's a line between admiration and stalker. Be admiration. And I think that's a real thing. And there's a line where you can cradle the other side by accident, and now you're a lifetime movie. You don't want to do that. So. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, yeah. so then how do you, because the, the thing that like, I like about about Forbes itself is the branding itself of it's it's financial driven it's it's sure. money driven so how do you keep your content to where it is a Forbes article versus let's say like a people article sure and I think I I don't want to say I struggle but I have a tough time sometimes doing that um, but I do notice from my other contributors that are with me my colleagues they're starting to write even Forbes, as much as we're very numbers and business driven, even in entertainment section, um, we still want to almost compete now with the varieties, the Hollywood reporters and whatnot. So we're writing things that are not always so all about number, 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 um, and they're okay with it. So like even like things with like Sam, there really was no numbers in our interview, nothing like that. Um, I could have talked about the number of you know subscribers he has to his fitness program. I did not. For me, that kind of took away from what I was there to do. And I think my company is not completely mad with me about that. You know, there's times where you need to hit numbers. Like in my That Thing You Do, I talk about how it only made $6 million its opening weekend in 96. It was not a hit. So, like, I bring up numbers here and there. Mm -hmm. But it's not always my focus because I know also, even though these are Forbes readers that like numbers, you're not going to get a wider audience beyond Forbes if you don't speak with a little bit more of a, a human everyday nature. I don't say don't become a gossip magazine, but there's a line we can still be an informational, articulate entertainment realm, if that makes sense. Totally. And that's why I think it's it's interesting because especially in the past year, you know, talking about Britney Spears, just the financial side of it, where everyone shares Forbes articles. She was worth this much in 2004, 2007, and she's worth this much. And yeah everyone looks to that as this like financial Bible, <laughs> like yeah. Forbes said this. So how does Forbes, do you know, like how does Forbes tally this? How do they guesstimate when, you know, cause I know when movies make it, the box office, you know, there's the ticket sales, there's the accounting, RIAA for albums, but how do they take into consideration when they're talking about, you know, the, the top 10 richest celebrities of 2021? Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's two things. It's, calculating and just actually looking at the projects these people have done, knowing what each one made. And then as contributors, as staff members, 
we're actually compiling this number in a calculator, seeing what that finished number is and be like, oh, that's pretty high, but you know, there's another 10 that are higher than that. So they're not in this list. So there's a way that we just kind of go through what we see in their projects, um, but then also some sources. You know, speaking to sources out there that are next to them or have worked for these companies that know that exact number that we can calculate and get ourselves. Um, and that's the thing, we'll, we'll, we'll reference the source. So in case they're wrong, it's not us, they said it, mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's both calculating ourselves from the products we can actually get as public, even though we are media, we're still public. Mm -hmm. um, and then going from there with sources, you know, sources that are reliable and maybe double checked and backed up. We don't want to just think like, you know, oh, my, my cousin Tina said this, that's not a credible source, <laughs> you know? But Tina knows everyone. With with this, with with you, because you've done you've been doing this for over a decade. Mm -hmm. No, do you see because you mentioned you watched the documentary? Do you look at the way you interview people differently than you did, you know, 12, 13, 12 years ago than you do now in the 2021 mindset? Um, and for me, not even 2021, a little bit of 2021, we know we've all gone through a year of a pandemic. So I think all journalists, but especially myself, I speak to everybody, no matter what they're going through with a little bit of a, a compassion benefit of the doubt, because we've all experienced stuff. And sometimes people can be a little bit, you know, a asshole and I can be like, you know what, maybe they're going through something. So I try to give the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes it's not worthy or warranted, but I'll do it anyway. Um, but when it comes to my interviewing, like I said earlier, I used to live in the moment, whereas question, question, question. And I was so scared I was going to miss the next question. That I didn't even listen to their answer. But now I actually just have the conversation. I live in the moment. I've had enough time to kind of hone my skills where I won't miss something. And some of my best follow-up questions, like with Sam, the young dad question wasn't even on my list. So I was, I was done with the interview with him. And I was like, you know what? I want to ask one more question about like, you know, what are your priorities in life? So I was like, just say in my head that. And I was like, well, Sam, before I leave you, you know, what are your biggest priorities in life right now, you know, turning 27? And I'm so glad I asked that, even though it wasn't even on my list, because that was the zinger that flooded this article to Timbuktu, which is really awesome, you know? So. Well, and I think that's something that's, in talking to you, it's like, clearly you can, you can connect with people. You can just kind of let them, you know, let their, their guards down. But also it's the, I like the compassion part because I think people forget that, especially in the past year is everyone's under this immense stress, anxiety, pressure, unknown. And that just because you're worth $500 million doesn't mean you don't have the same. You still have issues. I wanted to take a quick break to remind you to like and subscribe, download uh, the podcast, the original doll podcast, Britney Spears by Rodriguez. Uh, and don't forget, you can find me on social media on Instagram, the.original.doll, or on Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. We have many fun things going on on our website, so be on the lookout, follow, message, share, tag. If you have any questions, go ahead, direct message me. And now, back to the show. We talked about guards, but are there more guards up now or less guards up than when you first started, when you talked to people? That maybe there's not all these handlers as they're- Yeah. Um, I think you gotta be smartly more careful these days. Um, I even like, I think it was in the, the Times documentary for Brittany um, years ago, somebody asked her about her breasts and she was a young girl. The clip that Jeff is referring to is from 1999. Dutch host Ivo Niha 
who is at that time almost 55 years old, is talking to 17-year-old Britney Spears. What I've done is I've put a couple of the snippets in here, uh, so you hear a pause between each little section, uh, because oftentimes people tend to share just the last clip that I'm going to share. But I thought it was important for you all to know in context some of the other things that happened. So the gaps just mean I just went on to the next part. <laughs> you look even younger than 17. Is that a compliment at your age? You're not engaged, are you? No. No. Because no. no more boyfriend, is there? No, I don't have a boyfriend. In the video clip we just saw, baby one more time, you're the naughtiest of schoolgirls, aren't you? Well, since I could have been your grandfather, there's one subject we didn't discuss. Mm -hmm. What was that? Everyone's talking about it. What? Well, your breasts. <laughs> My breasts. You seem to get furious when a talk show host comes up with this <laughs> subject. Okay, let's, in general, what do you think about breast implants, just in general? Well, I think if that's what you wanna do and it, that would make you happy, then I see nothing wrong with it. But I have not, I haven't done that. But um, I think it's sad that people, you know, think I've done that because that makes them wanna go out. And you know, some of the fans that look up to me, they either think bad of me or they may wanna go out and do that. But that's not my fault because the press started that. But exactly. um, if you wanna do that, that's fine. But I personally wouldn't do that. Okay. So yes, that was a almost 55 year old who mentions that he could be her grandfather asking her, a 17-year-old, about her breasts. That would not fly because of the Time's Up and, you know, the uh, Me Too movement, everything like that, not going to be cool. That just would not be allowed. Um, so I think you need to uh, kind of watch yourself and you do have to walk on eggshells a little bit sometimes as a journalist now. But I'm actually okay with that. I don't think we need to be pushing things that are inappropriate, you know. Well, and I think that's... Uh, well, yeah, there should be still a respect. There should be a respect still. Well, and I think that's something where I think it's important when, like, I talk to an actor or or um, a songwriter. It's an actor. If we're talking about your project, we're talking about the character, that project. We're not talking about the behind the scenes. And I think there is that fine line because you want to talk to, you know, Felicity Huffman about, you know, Jail. you watch the Netflix, you know, documentary yeah. sort of thing yeah but then there's also the respect in it so with you then what do you think is or what would you say is one of the easiest interviews you had i know you mentioned kristen chenoweth but the easiest when you first started who was the celebrity that like you were like okay i got this i got this i feel good um i had some recently i'm trying to think taraji p henson was really cool so like she was here in Chicago for What Men Want, which is like the, the turnaround to what women want. And she was in Chicago. And as soon as we sat down, it was a press junket where, you know, she stays there and just constantly journalists file in and out to do these interviews. Um, and we just hit off immediately. We were just talking about, we were in the Harry Carey's restaurant at the Water Tower Place. And we we're talking about like the hands of Michael Jordan behind me before. Like, we're just kind of like, sh you know, shooting the shit, you know, part of my French before we do that. and. I was just noticing that, you know, we're just, we're two equals talking as if we were like sitting at a bar and just randomly started striking up a conversation with strangers. Um, and those are the best ones because you can just see that, you know, they're, and I've interviewed people before where, you know, they didn't want to talk before we're setting everything up and then action and they're ready. You know, 
it was she was just genuine and cool about being there and understood what she had to do but was trying to make the best and the fun of it which i can appreciate i think all we all can appreciate you know she can appreciate it i can appreciate it so she was definitely one of them. Well, and what do you, how do you decide ultimately what doesn't get shown, what doesn't get printed? Like, how do you decide like that sort of thing where you're just like, this is this is what I have to work with, you know? And especially red carpet, because you don't exactly get, you know, 10 minutes with each of these people. Right. How do you decide what to edit down? And especially in like in print. Yeah, um, I think it's, well, once for broadcast times, so like when I was with NBC5 here in Chicago, you only had so much time, so you don't think, put the ones that really mattered in there. And even though you loved other parts, maybe you'd share them on the web later, but some things could only fit in that designated time. But also sometimes things go wrong. Like in, I think it was 2010, I interviewed Ryan Reynolds. Um, he was in town for like an independent movie called Buried. Um, and so I just brought up, you know, we all in Chicago have scarlet fever. I think I'm being playful with the plan words, but like, but you get to live with her. So how's life with Ms. Johansson? And he just filmed Green Lantern where he met Blake Lively so we assumed there might've been something going on there and he was about to get divorced, but we, no one knew that it wasn't in the news, nothing. So I just brought up, you know, we all scar the fever, but you get the liver there. So how's being married to Ms. Johansson and his PR, they always on these red carpets have a PR person they're, for journalists. They're your worst enemy because they're always the people that will either cut you off or stop you. Or if they don't like that question And the girl literally threw her arm in front of us and was like, nah, I think we're done. And I didn't understand why I was like, this is, you know, they're in us weekly. They talk about their marriage. This isn't like a taboo thing. And then he just kind of walked away. And I was like, kind of like, oh, did I just think wrong? I was like, kind of questioning. And like literally a week later, they, they announced their divorce. So, I mean, I didn't know that. But so what we did though in editing is we actually moved some of the questions around. So we didn't get the disdain at the end. We put the question that was before that at the beginning and then ended like we ended on a happy, good, lucky note. So, I mean, the, the magic of, you know, the magic of video editing. For, for, for the listeners, what, what sort of things did you debate on keeping in or or did you remove from the from the Sam Eshkari article? Because you had a half hour discussion and we know it has to be limited to what you do. Was there anything where you're like, I thought about putting this in and maybe I didn't, or maybe something you thought about cutting that you kept in? Yeah. So the the big one was the I want to be a young dad. Um, I left that, but what I did is I stopped the interview there and I, I initially left in what he said right after. And what he said right after, and I, I mean this because he said it very freely. Um, he said, put that out there. It'll really boost your views. Um, so I left that out. I first, I put it in and I like, I had my mom proofread my article and she's like, oh, that's funny. I think that's cute. You know, by new Britney devoted fans might see that as, oh, he might be a strategist. And I don't think he is. And I, I'm even sharing this now. I don't think he is, but I didn't want it to come off that way because people naturally will think cynicism first mm -hmm. before they give some of the benefit of the doubt. So I left that out because I do think he meant it. His tone meant I want to be a dad. It was very genuine. I think if I would have left those words in, some Britney fans especially would have been like, hmm, I see. He, he knew what to say in the right moment. Got it. You know, I didn't want people to think that way. And so how soon when you reached out to him and his people via email through, through his Instagram, how soon did the actual interview take place? And is that time frame normal for you? Like the Yeah. It's usually, uh, they, they hit me up the day I reached out to them, which is amazing. Um, they called me right away, which is really nice. Um, but then we set up about like two or three days later when he had time. It was in a car, so it was in between one place to the next. And that's when he had like the, the downtime. So we did the interview while they, him and his agent drove. Um, 
So it was perfect, but it was like two days later. And that's usually how it is. So I want to thank you so much, Jeff, for being here, our guest today on the Original Doll Podcast. Thank you so much. And how can the listeners find you, find your articles, your prints, your interview, all that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, I would say mostly social media wise for me personally, you can find it at, at Jeff Conway, J-E-F-F-C-O-N-W-A-Y on Twitter. And it's at Jeff underscore Conway. Unfortunately, it's like a John Smith name. A lot of people actually have it. Um, Jeff underscore Conway on Instagram. So no space on Twitter, one underscore in between the first and last name on Instagram. And then you guys can go to Forbes.com and just go up to the search button and put in Jeff Conway. And you'll actually see a list of all my different articles that I have. So and by the time that this podcast episode goes up, so will the uh, that thing you do. You do. The 25th anniversary interview with all four guys, which is really cool. Oh I love it. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff. We truly appreciate it. Uh, and everyone else, we'll see you on the flip side. Awesome. Thanks, Jimmy. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you want to stay and then follow me? Don't you want And if you're listening to this, thank you so much. I wanted to let you know that we will in fact be having our free custom Britney Spears doll giveaway going until the end of this month. So how do you enter to win? Simple as this. Follow the.original.doll on Instagram and screenshot us with you listening to our episode on whatever your preferred streaming is. And not just that. What we're going to do is something a little bit different. We're going to give away to seven different people. We're going to give them some fun Britney merch, Britney items. You'll see. You'll be surprised. So how do you win that? Super simple. Just tag a friend or two or five in one of our posts. For every person that you tag, you get entered into winning one of these seven fun, amazing gifts. So you could enter to win those, the doll, everything. So be on the lookout. Shh, don't tell anyone about this, though. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, follow us. The Original Doll Podcast, Britney Spears, by Rodriguez. And this is open to anyone in any part of the world. Special shout out to Anga in Indonesia.